what's up, everybody? This is Nick Catanese from Black Label Society, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Stephen Piercy from Rat. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Rick Emmett of Triumph, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 192 of the Iron City Rocks podcast coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I am John, your host. Episode 192, we have got some interesting stuff with just a tidge of local flair, but if you're not from the Pittsburgh area, I still think you'll find the conversations pretty interesting. We have joining us to talk about a benefit show that is happening on the 21st of March in Pittsburgh. We have Nick Catanese of the band Black Label Society, and we will also be talking a little bit about a raffle that is available to anybody in the country uh, with some really cool guitars that uh, are going to be given away to benefit the Wounded Warrior Project, uh, which I think many of you are already familiar with. And then joining us from the Pittsburgh Penguins staff, we have Vinny, who is the DJ, the in-house DJ for the Penguin Games. And if you've ever been to a, a Penguin game, or really any hockey game, you'll you'll listen to the music they play and you realize there's some metal heads up there so uh, i know from experience of being at a penguin game that uh, Vinny plays some really killer stuff so i thought it'd be kind of interesting to find out what they do day to day so what we're going to do we're going to play just a little bit of black label society to get you in the mood that we're going to talk to the man nick Katniss. Dale Earnhardt said it the best. If they're booing or if they're cheering, mm -hmm. they're making noise for you. Yeah. When they're when they're not doing anything, then you worry because mm -hmm. you're really insignificant. Because mm -hmm. they don't they're, they're, they don't care. You know what I mean? It's like if you're not getting booed or if you're not getting cheered, do something to get booed. Do yeah. something to get cheered because it's like you know what, dude? If you don't have haters. Or if you don't have, you know, people that, you know, that are digging you, it's just like do something that's going to make that happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to do that because it's like then you know you're making noise. Ap apathy you know? is the worst, yeah. I mean, even, even yeah. you know, a band. I mean, if you just, 
you know, if people aren't griping about a new album or loving a new album, then you're probably not doing something to catch people's attention. So that's, that's a very well, well said. Well, I mean, you know, and it's even, you know, even like a small, you know, even thing with me. I mean, everybody's like, oh, Zach's bitch and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, first off, I've been with him 16 years. Mm-hmm. I think I've earned my spot. You know what I mean? And secondly, yes. I would rather be Zach's bitch than doing nothing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you know, I have a career that I'm really thankful for. And, you know, I don't know if you saw the, uh, you know, the, the unblacking thing. But, but, like, I mean, he, you know, he really gave me a lot of, responsibility, man. I was just like, you know, at first when we were talking about the set list, I'm like, I go, Zachy, it's like, you know that I'm doing like six solos? And yeah. he's like, well, he's like, dude, man, he goes, this is, you know, do it yeah. up and in. And then, you know, he says to me, okay, you got to do a slide intro, Road Back Home. And I'm like, I've never played slide before. He's like, just do it. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, well, this is two weeks before, you know, it's not like a month to learn how to play slide. It's like two weeks. And it's like, but the cool thing about it is the confidence that he yeah. has in me. Thank God, you know, that that I did it. And, you know, what was really cool was, like, the night before we did the show, he called me and he goes, bro, he goes, it sounds like you've been playing slide for a year. He goes, I'm, you know, I'm proud of you. And, and you know, I, you know, this is going to kill, you know. So, you know, through him, I mean, he's 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 made my guitar playing, you know, Eight thousand times of what it would have been without him, yeah. you know, and 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 that's where it's you know it's a blessing, man. You know, yeah. it's a it's a it's a blessing being with him. And I gotta say that is kind of a bitch that you haven't been playing slide that long. I think I've been farting around with the slide for ten years and can't play it that well. <laughs> <laughs> My hands off, dude. Oh, thank you, man. You've obviously thank mastered you. how to mute, mute the strings a hell of a lot better than I have. Well, we, 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 well, here's the thing, man. You know, I was even talking about this the other day. I said, if if YouTube wasn't around, like I I went on like probably seventy five YouTube pages of how to play slide, you know, and it's yeah. like watching, you know, watching techniques and everything like that, and and uh, you know, it's amazing what you can learn, you know, and and actually help you, and and uh, you know, and honest to God too is, you know, all those songs that we did, like, there was, there was, I'd say, there was only three songs that we played normally as Black Label, like Blessed Hell Ride and, and mm-hmm. Dime Song and, and uh, Spoken the Wheel, but, like, the rest of it, like, Clean the Sorrow and, and, and House of Doom and, and, you know, even the Pride and Glory stuff, like, songs we've never played before, yeah. you know, we knocked out. And I didn't know them, you know, so I would, I would go on YouTube and type in like, you know, Queen of Sorrow, and there'd be some dude in his room, yeah, like playing it, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, like it gave me like a starting spot. So like here I am in the band, like watching this dude from like Nebraska yeah. in his room playing Queen of Sorrow just to give me a starting spot, you know, yeah. of you know how to do it, and 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 it's amazing how how it's you know come around like that, but. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of cool ways to utilize, you know, yeah. that stuff. But, but uh, so you you spent some time with uh, oh, guys like dude, Dwayne Almond and uh, did you watch yeah. any Derek Trucks? That guy. I, I, yeah, I did. I did. I actually, yeah, I actually met Derek Trucks. 
a long time. It was actually during like the 96, 97 Blue Shadows tour. He actually came out to one of the shows. But, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate that, uh, that, uh, direct message you sent me. You know, you were like, you know, you were, you were, uh, you know, channeling, uh, Dwayne Oldman. I was like, that was, that was one of the best compliments I've ever got. I was like, thank you. Yeah, I, I watched the show. I, I unfortunately down here near Uniontown, we don't get that channel on our cable, but uh, I, I managed to pick up a feed. I won't say where, but um, right. was watching and I was like, you know, this is really, you know, you read the blabbermouths, and, and whether you guys read them or not, or, or will admit to reading them or not, I mean, you, you do take yeah, some criticism. away. <laughs> it, it takes some criticism, but it yeah. was really great to see. It was like a ninety-minute coming out party. You know, it was, this was the chance yeah. for people who. You know, want to say that you're his lackey or whatever. Sit yeah. and go, shit, this guy's playing these notes spot on. Yeah. You know, on some, some yeah. kind of obscure black label songs. It was really, really right, cool. Right, 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 yeah. You know what, man? Honest to God, is I, you know, that stuff used to, you know, kind of get on me and everything. And, and honestly, man, it's, you know, it's like I said before, it's, you know, when you actually really think about it, it's probably like some 14-year-old kid in his basement that just wants to make, you know, he wants to be Spartacus and just, like, lead some, you know, trend of, I hate this guy, yeah. you know, or, you know, whatever. And it's like, I never even did anything to you, you yeah. know, and, 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 you know, you, for some reason, just because I am doing this, you hate me. And it's like, yeah. well, you know what, man? You know, don't live your life with hate. And, and, you know, maybe one day if, you know, we ever hooked up, I could show you something, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, whatever. But that's what makes, you know, makes life interesting. It's yeah. it's people like that, yeah. you know, because, I mean, it used to get on me and I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to write something back. And it's like, you're just going to, yeah. you're going to get, you're going to stoop to their level and just make yourself look stupid because, you're the one in the band, yeah. you know, and there are, I, I'd say, 85% of people that respect what you do other than one dipshit yeah. in his in his basement, you know in, what I mean? In his so mother's basement, probably. In his mother's basement, you know. But, uh, but yeah, but, you know, I mean, you know, we completely went, like, you know, left turn at Albuquerque, but, um, you know, but I'm really, you know, uh, this thing Thursday, I'm hoping... You know, it turns out good in seven, I believe. Yeah, yeah, seven, seven to midnight. Uh, yeah, seven to midnight. Seven to like midnight. That. That's an all ages yeah. show. Uh, yeah, you're going to yeah. be there. And Ch- Chance from Pennsylvania as well, correct? Uh, Wilkes Barre. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's yeah. making the trip out east. Or I'm sorry, out west. Yeah. Uh, to do yeah, the show. Uh, in fact, he's coming in tomorrow because uh, we're going to do a rehearsal on okay. uh, Wednesday, and then you know, blow through some stuff. But in fact. Um, there's a band called Radio Tokyo that, okay. that, that um, that's a, actually a friend of Tiff's. Um, the singer's name is Gene Walker. Okay. And, and he's the singer for Radio Tokyo. This guy is phenomenal and he's going to come up and, uh, sing a couple songs too. So we're actually going to have, you know, kind of like a little jam thing and, you know, um, that'd be fun. Like I said, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Chaotic Playground's going to play and then, me and Chad, and then, you know, Gene will come up and come about to me talking about love or something, you know what I mean? And, yeah, you, you can know. bust out the, the EVH stuff. Exactly, yeah. And you got to come up with them, you know, the VH and maybe some, uh, we'll do uh, some ZZ Talk or something, you know. Something. Just, uh, you know, right, I, right. I, I remember seeing uh, 
Bon Jovi back in like 94, 95, kind of when their popularity kind of dipped. And they did okay. a show out in um, at the Beaver County Community College. It was a charity event they did. And it right. was one of the, the most amazing shows I've seen because it was like these guys, you know, not that they cut their hair off at the time, but they let their hair down and did yeah. some cover songs and some Christmas songs. And it was right. the loosest probably show out of one of the most uptight bands on earth. Um, but it That's was always phenomenal. a fun thing, though. You know yeah, it, it wasn't. There was no pressure. And, no, uh, you know, no, it would be no, great no. to see something like this. I don't know if these guys have tossed yeah. around the idea of doing something annually, but it would be great to see something like this, you yeah. know, as schedules permit down the road. But um, I actually have uh, been uh, talking to uh, Jason Beeler from mm-hmm. Saigon Kick. Yeah. And uh, Saigon's going to be doing, they're doing a couple shows, you know, like, I guess, uh, you know, like kind of like a reunion tour. Okay. And uh, Saigon was. Too that band is one of my I can say you know back at high voltage and even to this you know to this day they are one of my favorite bands ever and uh, and uh, you know me and Jason been been uh, you know texting back and forth and he's like he goes dude he's like you know we ever get near you you know you're coming up and jam and I'm like dude you don't even have to ask me twice that I mean that would be something. For me, cause I, you know, I remember even telling telling um, John, our old drummer in in, um, in High Voltage, I remember telling him, I said, if I'm ever in a room with Zach Wild and Jason Beeler, that would be <laughs> my that would be my highlight. And this was obviously way before I got to get with Zach. So here I am in Zach's band for 16 years, and then Jason Beeler's telling me he wants me to come up and jam with Saigon Kick. I'm like, okay. Um, me. You can you can hit me with a bus after this. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> my 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 music uh, my music steps are now complete. So yeah. You know. Short of dawn uh, and the kiss makeup. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. That would be yeah yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I wouldn't even do that out of just respect for Ace. Yeah. I have, as I said, on one of the, I, I talked to Tom McTharen, and obviously the guy is a lightning rod for, you know, talk about your blabbermouths and stuff. But Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, somebody somebody sends me a text or an email and says, hey, we need you to play for Kiss. I'm mm-hmm. there. You know, and the guy, the guy, I, you know, love him or hate him, the guy does a yeah. lot for charity as well. I mean, he, he's, oh, a, oh, he's dude. A, I mean, Tommy, yeah, I mean, Tommy's a, you know, he's a, he's a great player, you know, and everything, but... You know, it comes down to what's, what's so funny about that is, is you know, me being the Kiss fan that I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kiss Alive 1 was my first album I sure. ever got when I was young. And and I love Kiss. You know, like I said, if you, if you can sum up my childhood in two things, is Star Wars and Kiss. That's my, you know, I said, I said if I ever got another tattoo, it would be Darth Vader with Gene Simmons makeup on it. <laughs> that would be, that would, that would sum up my childhood. But, but. You know, I, I'm guilty to an extent of not ridiculing Tommy Thayer, but just like him singing "Shock Me," and and you know, yeah. and, and I and I know it's his job, and obviously Gene and Paul are running the ship, but 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 like when you're walking like Ace on stage, and you're like it's it's the, it's, the gestures, it's, it's, the, the it's creepy, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and it's like, and then he has that guitar called the Space Man. It's like. You're not the space man. It's like Ace. Ace is the guy. But I mean, I really respect, 
you know, Tommy for what he does, just like even, you know, DJ Ashba with, with, uh, you know, Guns and Noses. I oh, mean, yeah. you that know, because I've, I've been friends with DJ for like back when he was in Beautiful Creatures. And, you know, me and, me and DJ had a great, you know, talk when we opened for Guns. And I'm like, I go, dude, I said, my hat's off to you, man, because, you know, we were talking basically like I play guitar for Zach, he plays guitar for Guns N' Roses, like mm-hmm. just how heavy that is as far as being a guitar player. Yeah. And I kind of freaked him out because I said, hey, I go, well, you know, when I'm playing, Zach's playing. I said, but you, I said, you have to stand there on a box and play Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. yeah. All by yourself. And he goes, dude. I didn't need to hear that. Like, you don't want to think no, about it too much. No, no, no extra pressure. If you if you mess up the intro like a sweet child, you know, sweet child of mine, that's like you know. Yeah, that isn't that, catastrophe, but but I mean, he does a great job, and you know, he's a, he's an amazing performer. I mean, like just yeah. watching him, like you know, I told him, I was like, dude, I would be in a fetal position crying like how how long they play like mm-hmm. you know and how much energy that they put out to it too so i mean you know you have to just anybody that does something that's you know success you know, successful just you know give them respect i mean that's yeah. that's that's all it is man i mean it's not hard to sit there and go that guy does a great job yeah i mean that took no time out of your life you know you weren't an asshole about it and it's mm-hmm. just like that's it you know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. We could do a world could do a lot better without all the negativity towards a lot of these guys. You know? Exactly, man. Exactly. Uh, and if you're going to question DJ Aspa, just pick up. You know, I actually right in front of me had the heroin diaries, and that's all. Yeah. I, that's all I need to hear. I mean, totally. That, that guy totally. earned his stripes with that record alone. So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. All right, Nick. Well, well again, yep. the events on Thursday, the 21st, yes. Hard Rock Cafe. You can get tickets. Come on down. Tickets at uh, facebook.com forward slash warrior benefit. And uh, we will yeah. see you on Thursday, man. Awesome, man. Thank you again, right. John. And, right. and I will see you soon. All right. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Together in a fan 40 years in the making. Leonard Skinner and Bad Company. Side by side in the summer's ultimate anniversary bash. Friday, July 19th, the first Niagara Pavilion. Special guest, Blackstone Cherry. Tickets on sale now. Buy at LiveNation.com or any Ticketmaster location. Leonard Skinner at Bad Company, the 40 Tour. Have you ever listened to an album and thought to yourself, man, I could do so much better than that? Well, here's your chance. My name is Sue, and I've decided to write my next album live and online at RageAndApathy.com. So come on over, leave me a comment, and tell me what you think about the album and where you think it should go. And as a bonus for you Iron City rockers out there, I will give you an exclusive copy of the first song as soon as I get it finished. So stop on over to RageAndApathy.com and join my madness. All right, again, a very special thanks to Black Label Society's Nick Katniss for coming down and uh, talking to us about the show. Again, that's going to be on the 21st of March. That is taking place at the Hard Rock Cafe, which is at Station Square. Uh, you can find more information, facebook.com forward slash warriors, plural, benefit. Uh, on there, you'll find links to the raffle, which I think will be a particular interest to our uh, listeners. There is a guitar, actually three guitars. You can buy a raffle ticket for 10 bucks which includes shipping anywhere in the country. Uh, You can pay with PayPal. 
Uh, there's a link on that page. The grand prize is a guitar that is signed by 16 different individuals, including but not limited to Zach Wilde, Tommy Thayer of Kiss, John Five, Richie Faulkner of Judas Priest, Scott Ian of Anthrax, Carrie King, uh, Mike Inez of Alice in Chains. Obviously, Nick has signed the guitar as well. It's a Monster Energy drink. Uh, I believe it's an Epiphone Les Paul. Uh, the whole back of it is just covered with autographs of you know each one on their own a uh, you know top rate guitarist second prize is a Nick Cat niece Paul Reed Smith SE signature edition guitar and for those of you who are uh fans of the Paul Reed Smith that is Nick's red guitar not the black one uh, with the big ET this is the red one with the flame maple guitar that I personally bought uh, myself and absolutely love it. it has EMG pickups active pickups 81 85s it's got a Tone Pros Bridge, uh, Grover Tuners, an ebony fretboard, not to, not to be confused with Rosewood, it has an ebony fretboard, a uh, killer, killer guitar, it has sustained for days. Third prize uh, on that is a guitar that we personally have donated to Iron City Rocks has with uh, Guitar Center. It is a Fender Squire Strat signed by Mr. Eric Johnson. Uh, Sean personally had him sign the guitar when he was here for our, our meet and greet event uh, that we did back in 2012. So, first prize, a guitar signed by 16 of the most legendary guitarists in the business today. Second prize, a Nick Catney signature strat from um, signed by the man himself. And that guitar, I believe he will be playing at the event. Uh, that's about an $800 guitar. And third prize is a guitar signed by Mr. Eric Johnson. So, um, really... For 10 bucks, you get a chance at this. Uh, again, the event is on the 21st of March. There will be a Chinese auction at the Hard Rock Cafe with a bunch of penguins and Steeler and rock memorabilia. They'll be giving away as well. So really a great cause. Again, facebook.com forward slash warriors benefit. Uh, and if you go to Iron City Rocks Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, we'll be including links to that as well. So cheap night out and a chance to win some really great stuff. So, what we're going to do now is take you into an interview we did with uh, the man who has got probably the largest stereos in the city of Pittsburgh. He is the uh, man who plays the tunes when you go to not only the Pittsburgh Penguins games, but also the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so he has got just wattage out the wazoo. Uh, and is also a metalhead, as you'll find out in the interview. So I thought it would be kind of an interesting thing for those of you, even if you're not a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, um, to learn a little bit about what those guys do and, and you know, what goes into doing that. Uh, you know, he's not just up there with a stack of CDs playing his favorite tunes. So, without further ado, we're doing an interview with Pittsburgh Penguins DJ, for lack of a better term. With Here's Vinny. We'll talk to you in a bit. Stand up and shine! All right, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have the man with the biggest stereo in the city of Pittsburgh. We've got Vinny Karpuska on the phone. How are you doing, Vinny? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And for those of you who don't know Vinny's name, I would imagine if you've been to a sporting event in the city of Pittsburgh in the last 
uh, year at least, you've heard him uh, DJing some of the greatest rock and metal tunes going. He is the man behind the sounds at the Penguin Games and the Steeler Games. So let me ask you, first off, how'd you get the gig? I mean, that's just a cool-ass gig. Yeah, I, um, back in October of uh, 2006, I, uh, a few months before that, I think back in May, I had joined um, a local union in the city of Pittsburgh that deals with uh, like television and broadcasting, mm-hmm. audiovisual and uh, theater, theater production, things like that. And uh, through that, I met some folks who uh, were already working on the uh, the Penguins uh, scoreboard crew over at the Ballon Arena. Okay. And uh, I, I had actually graduated with college with a, with a buddy that was also who had joined that union about a month before me, and he had met uh, some folks uh, also on the uh, Timbertron crew. And he said, "Hey, they're looking for you know a couple new crew members. If you want me to put in a good word for you." And I said, "Yeah, sure, absolutely." And um, some of the guys I met working at the convention center, I told them about that. And they're like, oh, we'll put in a good word for you, too. So it's just one of those things where it's the right timing. You know, you, you know the right people. They put in a good word for you. And so I went in and uh, met uh, the uh, sort of the the, uh, the, the full-timers at, at the Penguin mm-hmm. that did all the video editing and, and game ops, uh, game entertainment, things like that. And... Um, I told them that I had done uh, college radio up in Slippery Rock University for four years, and they said, well, that's pretty good because we're looking to train somebody to be the new DJ because the guy who wasn't, uh, the guy who was doing it at that time, he couldn't uh, do weekday games anymore. He could only do weekends, and so they trained me uh, back in October, and and here I am still doing it today. Still doing it. Now, you... Um you had done, you mentioned college DJing. You, do you do, I mean, this is going to maybe sound like a stupid question, but do you do like wedding DJing? Or, I mean, because you, no? No, I never I never really got into that. I don't think I have kind of the uh, outgoing personality that wedding DJs normally do. Like, the reason I wanted to do college music to begin with was I, w- I loved, you know, independent, you know, DIY type of music, that sort uh-huh. of scene. So I wanted I wanted to be kind of surrounded by that, by that sort of music, by that those types of people that were into that. And uh, I, I like the tech side behind it of uh, working the board, kind of being a producer. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how how okay. that all started. You kind of developed that. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, I, I, when I, I remember... You know, this goes back before your time, but I remember going when Pittsburgh used to have an indoor lacrosse team and every every time we had the ball, they would start playing a song. And I was yeah. like, that has got to be insanely, you know, to have that much attention to the game and to be able to pick songs that are appropriate. But, I mean, I guess in a game yeah. like that, you just want something up-tempo. But, you know, I'm assuming you do a lot of work behind the scenes to kind of think of, you know, at this point in the game, you know, reading the crowd is got to be part of this to what songs you're going to play. Am I, am I correct in that assumption? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you de- we, we definitely do our best to try and, you know, play to, you know, the mood of the crowd, the mood of the game. Um, you know, if, if it's a real close game, we always like to keep the intensity up, keep the crowd into it. And yeah, you really have to follow just the, the emotion and, and the, of the game and the mood of the crowd and try to play up to that as best as you can. And, whether that's, you know, playing 
you know, a party song because the team's, you know, mm-hmm. up and winning big and it's time to celebrate, we'll do that. Or, you know, if it's time to, to knuckle down and get intense, we can do that. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you do your best to go along with the flow of the game and the emotion of the crowd. From a, from a technical standpoint, I mean, do you have X number of songs kind of queued up or is this computerized at this point where, you know, you're a click of a mouse away from Gary Glitter or, I mean, yeah, you know, you don't exactly. get a lot it's of... All, uh, it's all through a, uh, a computer software called Sound Director and okay. it's uh, real, really, uh, it's a really great piece of software. Uh, we've been using it um, at least for the past about five seasons or so. Okay. And yeah, I mean, you just have uh, banks of a little button you can click on and that'll play the song and it also gives you the ability to set in and out points you know if you just want to play you know that one killer riff or something like that I have the ability to do that um, you can set up loops and okay. things like that and, and all the songs are sorted into um, you know the different uh, genres or, or themes that they fit like there's a whole uh, library of classic rock or an alternative rock of like the current party rock and club stuff so it's uh it's very it's very it's very well organized and um yeah it uh it helps a lot it's all it all comes off the computer and then i also have um a uh, piece of equipment called an instant replay 360 okay. which has 50 hot keys on it and um you can set up different banks so you know just a bank of sound effects if i wanted or you know a bank of just uh hard rock music whatever and um yeah, so a lot of uh, like the different sound effects that we might do for contests and things mm-hmm. that you know are just they're on this separate machine, so I don't have to uh, try and play two things at once off the computer. I can have a song going on the computer, and then I can play like some sound effects or other things off the 360 machine. Okay, so you're not Dr. Johnny Fever up there with a stack of records trying to, to flop around yeah. and pull them out. Yeah, it's all it's all completely digital. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I, I have guessed for a long time, you know, uh, that you're a metalhead. Am, am I correct in that assumption? I'd say, yeah, that's, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, cause I, I noticed, you know, when you hear, you know, vintage Metallica and, and things like that, that uh, you weren't up there uh, listening to Air Supply on your when you're not at work. <laughs> um, do you get, I've often wondered, like, do players ever, you know, do you, do you interact much with players? And do you ever get, you know, a player X coming up and you say, hey, can you throw in, like, Rain and Blood? I mean, do you get those um, kind of things? Um, I don't get them because I'm not around the team a lot. But okay. my boss, who's, who's a full-timer uh, uh, game night producer, he does. And um, mostly, it's, uh, you'd be surprised, a lot of the players are into, uh, like, a lot of the clubby type stuff, you know, uh-huh. like the hip-hop and the thumping bass, things like that, and uh, like country. I mean, every once in a while you'll have a, a hockey guy that's into metal, but, you know, not too many of them yeah. are, I would say. Yeah, that, that's, well, you figure a lot of those kids probably grew up in, in the 90s, which have always kind of been concerned with void of metal, or at least good metal. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, other than Pantera, but, um, do you, do you ever get your wrist kind of slapped, so to speak, you know, for throwing something that, you know, maybe was a little too heavy? Um, I did once. Uh, it, it, it was funny that you were talking about the Mewboard gear earlier yeah. because it was exactly that. Uh, I think it was. I think it was the first the first season um, when Consol opened, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember exactly. Uh, Eric England was squaring off against Jody Shelley of the Flyers in a fight, 
And I can't remember, it, it was, or maybe it might have been the second season, but anyway, it was, you know, the flyer, the crowd's, the crowd's wow. pumped up, I'm kind of pumped up, and, you know, as they're about to throw down, I throw on uh, this song, Puritania, by the newborn year, <laughs> and uh, later on I found out that Mr. Lemieux was, commented on what the hell was that <laughs> so the email got to my boss pretty quickly and he was cool about it he was like Vin do me a favor and just Scrap. take that off the machine I said no the gear. <laughs> next time you get to yeah. go with Armando Marth or something just a little just dial it down a little bit yeah that was a, yeah. that was pressure because I mean obviously I, I think a lot of people you know especially probably listeners to this show kind of associate a lot of metal with aggression and hockey especially and we'll talk about football as well very aggressive sports um and i think that's one of the things that's cool about a penguin game is you go in there like man there's some badass songs on here but um you know you also have to consider the fact that there's you know however many thousands of fans in the arena that may have never heard of a Dumour, Dumour Brigier or a Behemoth or, you know, some of the the stuff you'd love to throw on. Um, the song, Gary Glitter, um, do you hear that song in your sleep? I mean, is that always on the hot key, number one, ready to go in case the puck goes it in? Is, it, it is on a hot key. It's uh, on my keyboard. If I hit F1, you yeah. know, and he starts playing. But, you know, for a while there, when Console first opened, we went to um, song two. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the Woohoo song is a cool song. Uh-huh. And uh, we kept that for a while. And then last year with the playoffs, uh, you know, my boss just said, let's just change it up and go, go back to uh, Rock and Roll Part 2 because that's what it was back at the Mellon. And, yeah, we just kind of kept it just as kind of a nostalgia thing. But yeah. I mean, it, seems, it. it seems, it, I mean, the crowd, you know, chants along with it and uh, gets a good response. And, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. do I hear it in my sleep? No, but... I'm happy any time I get to hear it at the game, especially, you know. Yeah, the reason you're playing. Ahead and is, we win. Yeah, exactly. I don't think a lot of people know much about Gary Glitter's uh, past. <laughs> that's why that's all right, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's one thing we joke about, but it's yeah. just a song. You know? It is what it is. Now, you, you work with the Steelers again, also, correct? Yeah, this, uh, this past season, the 12th, well, I guess it was just the 2012 season. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, that was my first season working for that. Okay, so you're not the man behind making Renegade some sort of... No, not, not at all. No, Does I, it mystify I you? I, mean, I, I have to admit, I'm a Steelers season ticket holder, and I remember the first time that Renegade came on, and it, it's a fine song, I have nothing against Sticks, but I was like, right. what the hell is... This is the song that's getting everybody pumped up? Does I it, know, I, I, think, I think at one point, ESPN or maybe Root or FSN back in the day did a, did a piece on you know, how Renegade became, you know, like the Steeler anthem. But I never I never saw it. But I guess there is a story behind it, but I have no idea. Yeah, kind of, yeah. it kind of baffles me, too. But like you yeah. said, it's, it's a good song. But, yeah, how does a song kind of as, as obscure as that one become, you know, a team's anthem? But, yeah, hey, it works. You know, people love it. Yeah, I, I when you figure that song is, is obviously older than anyone on the field. You know, except uh-huh. the, except maybe the back judge. Um, that you know, this isn't a song that was you know popular when these players were younger or something that they're going to gravitate to. And, and um, is is it a lot different with the NFL because of the fact that the, the, there's more pauses and, and are you able to kind of plan things out a little bit more? Um, with, I can't. I, I it's it's there's similarities and differences. Like you know, we have. Um, 
like my my boss, the producer of the show, will have a a format printed out for us to look over. You know, of you know the elements will run either in game or during commercial things like that. So, um, yeah, with the Steelers, there's you know with football, there's a lot more TV breaks. Yeah, and a lot more. Out a bit longer, and um, so yeah, it is kind of hard to you know build up momentum in a sense because. You know, if a, if a team's making putting together a really good drive, and another team calls a timeout, you might go to a TV break, and that you know that's two minutes where, you know, the team's not playing, and you're doing your best to try to keep the crowd into it. But it is kind of hard to just kind of get into a rhythm, get a flow going for the game. Yeah. And whereas whereas hockey, um, you know, there's only three commercial breaks per period, and uh, a lot of times. You know, you can you can start to build up some momentum and carry it through that period. Yeah. You know, if you you know whether it be a video rally or mm-hmm. you know do whatever you want to do to keep the crowd into it. So yeah, it is a bit more challenging because it, of how many breaks there are in football. Is it? Do you give consideration also to the demographics of what you know the age of people you find at a Penguin game, which I would have to assume is relatively younger than the crowd you would find at a Steeler game, as to what songs you use. Oh, definitely. I mean that that, that decision doesn't just come from me too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think in today's sports world, and especially with the Penguins and Steelers, uh, you know, game entertainment and you know the video and the audio elements you put out there, uh, Mark. You know, there's lots of market research and fan surveys and things like that that go into decisions like that. So I would say, you know, I do do a lot of pick and choosing of the music that mm-hmm. gets played, but it comes from a library. Yeah, that, you've got a playlist you know, to work with. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. You know, the marketing and, and executives are aware of, okay, this is what's in our system, so, you know, let's let's pick and choose the right spots to play those songs. So somewhere, some NFL market research group determined that Crazy Train and the intro to Panama were necessary for kickoffs. And <laughs> So next time you're taking yeah. a survey, answer something else, just anything. Um, yeah. That's cool to know. I, I often wonder because, I mean, in a football game, you're, you said it right, there are such lulls in the game, especially when you're in the field. And I know they've, they've spent a lot of time, I think, in the NFL trying to make the experience more interesting you know, for the yeah. fans in the stadium, but a lot of times, you mm-hmm. know, when you're at home and you can get up and get a beer from your fridge through a commercial, right. hit the bathroom or whatever, in the stadium, you're just kind of standing there, you know, you're all riled up from the last play, and then there's, you know, two, two and a half minutes of nothing. Yeah. So that's interesting to note. Well, the, um, have you had a lot of brushes with, um, do you, do you interact much with the players and stuff like that other than, um, you know, yeah. like with the NFL and things like that, or is you just kind of go and do your job, go home? Yeah, I just kind of go and do, you know, do my job, go home. I mean, in football, you know, at Heinz Field, <clears throat> excuse me, I leave, um, the way I leave, the way I have to punch out, you know, it goes right past the locker room. So, you know, I've, I've had, you know, run-ins with the players, but they don't know who I am. I yeah. just see them and, you know, nod my head and walk on by. Yeah. And, um, you know, with hockey, I've, I've worked events at Consol that uh, weren't games, but, you know, the players are in attendance at those, and, yeah. you know, just, you know, I've seen them there. But, you know, they, generally the players don't know who I am, and we're just fine. I mean, no, yeah, no, uh, no real social interaction. No. Or 
do the right do the record right companies like kind of court you guys? I mean, I would think you know if I'm the you know a Megaforce, you know, I got a new Anthrax release. Do they kind of court that around to to you guys, or is that somebody yeah, else's there, headache? There are uh, promotional companies that do do that, but they um, there aren't as far as my dealings have been with them. There there aren't that many, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, mainly I used to deal with them a little bit. But now they mainly deal, you know, kind of with uh, the executives who are in charge, with sure. uh, with you know the whole game entertainment department, not just with me. But sure. I, I did have, actually uh, a few years ago during the Cup run back in '09, mm-hmm. whenever we I had kind of a lot of free reign to play whatever I want. Um, uh, the PR guy from Roadrunner Records got a hold of me and you know said like, oh. I, you know, I hear the stuff you're playing, I love it, and he sent me a whole, you know, huge envelope full of CDs, so that was pretty cool. I have yeah. gotten some uh, some cool swag. Yeah. Know, yeah, but, I uh, thought that might be, because I, I don't know, I mean, obviously I don't get the opportunity to travel to the other NHL cities, but to me, I was like, you know, either the NHL is way hipper than the NFL, or we're just in the coolest, you know, venue in the, in the league, because, you know, you guys are playing... Some great stuff, and, and that was you know the, the impetus for us getting a hold of you was just you know this is the, you know I think I, I, anybody who's ever probably been on a college radio station or probably done some you know crummy wedding on a Saturday night would love to have your gig. So you know it's just kind of a neat thing. So yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that, and it's yeah. I mean, I, I try not to take it for granted at all. I know you know there's only 29 other people in the in the country doing this job, so I try to. I try to do my best and try to make everybody happy. Yeah. Well, Vinny, I want to thank you for taking the time on this uh, off night uh, and uh, joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure. Uh, My pleasure, man. Thank you very much. All right. A very special thank you to the uh, man with the big stereo, Vinny, for coming on the show and talking to us about what it is they do up there in the booth. And uh, sounds like a really cool job, uh, but I bet you it's pretty hectic, you know. And I imagine you want to just kill yourself when you hear Gary Glitter anywhere else other than at work so special thanks to him and uh, it was really cool talking to him and again a thank you to Nick Katniss again the Warrior Benefit on the 21st of March the drawing which will be held separately on I believe April 16th don't quote me on the exact date but if you go to facebook.com forward slash warrior benefits get yourself a ticket with PayPal uh, and they'll ship the guitar to you if you are the lucky winner again that's a guitar signed by 16 uh, people including Zach Wild, Kerry King, Scott Ian, and many, many more. Uh, second prize is a Nick Catney's Paul Reed Smith SE Signature Edition guitar, and third prize is a Squire Strat signed by Eric Johnson. So, ten bucks worth taking a shot, and uh, we hope you participate. I want to thank you for listening. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, ironcityrocks.com, twitter.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, and if you have a comment, ironcityrocks at gmail.com we would appreciate any feedback at ironcityrocks at gmail.com also invite you to check out heavymetalbookclub.com which is our new sister show uh, hosted by myself Uh, it is a show dedicated to hard rock literature as you know Iron City Rocks has had many great artists who have written books on the show Heavy Metal Book Club is going to take that and go a little deeper with it so if you're a fan of that kind of literature check that out as well also invite you to check out castironring.com which is a 
Brotherhood of Podcasts that really span the globe. We've got Wiki Metal from Brazil, Weird Ways Podcast from England. We've got Mars Attacks from Spain. And well, on the subject of Mars Attacks, I'm not a huge Slayer fan, but uh, they just did uh, what they they do every month or so. They do a real deep dive, 90 minute dive into a classic album. And this month's was Slayer Seasons in the Abyss. Really phenomenal listening. A lot of great guests. Uh, Gene Hoagland, uh, some other really big names coming on there and just talking about that album. You know, what are your thoughts? Did you love it? Did you hate it? And it's not just a sunshine love fest. Uh, there are some people that got in there that just totally trash it. So it really makes for interesting listening. We also have on Cast Iron Ring, we've got Radioactive Metal, which brings together uh, one host from South Florida and another host from Winnipeg uh, talking about some of the more extreme metal. Hardcore, extreme metal, death metal, all that good stuff. We've got Focus on Metal coming to you from the Boston Mass area, talking all things classic and new wave of British heavy metal. Signal to Noise, hosted by our sometimes co-host Aaron, which talks all about the good gear. We have Hard Radio, Shockwaves Hard Radio, and the Shockwave Skull Session, hosted by legendary podcaster Bob Nalbandian from out in Los Angeles, uh, who goes into some... Really cool guest. Bob knows everybody, which is really, really cool. Uh, we also have the Bonehand Heavy Half Hour hosted by Steve out on the West Coast. So we really do span the globe. We have yet to get a podcast from Asia, but let me tell you, we'll work on it. Again, thank you for listening. We appreciate your time. And again, any feedback, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Until next time, take care.